This episode of Market Foolery is brought to you by Away. Away makes first-class luggage at coach prices that allow you to charge your phone on the go. For $20 off your order, go to awaytravel.com/fool and use the promo code fool. That's awaytravel.com/fool and use the promo code fool. From the South by Southwest podcast stage in Austin, Texas, this is Market Foolery for Monday, March 13th. I'm Chris Hill, and joining me up on the stage, Simon Erickson from Motley Fool Explorer. Thanks for being here. Chris, this is a pleasure to be recording this podcast from downtown Austin, Texas. It is, this is welcome home for you. Yes, it is. You're a proud graduate of? The University of Texas. UT. Um, welcome horns. It's great to be back. We were here last year. Uh, the podcast stage was set up at the trade show. It was a great setup. This is even better. So we're, we're, we're really psyched to be here. We're going to be here all week. A bunch of things to get to. Um, I know that... We're just sort of kicking off South by Southwest, so you haven't had the chance to see a whole lot yet. But what have you seen so far that's caught your attention? Well, this morning we went to the Panasonic Smart Home, which has been very interesting because this is kind of bringing the Internet of Things to the home. And it was interesting to see this because Panasonic is not approaching this in terms of the devices or even thinking about it that way. They're thinking about it in terms of the experience for people when they're home. You want to be relaxed, you want to be motivated, you want to be ambitious, whatever your mood is, they're developing products to improve your overall experience. So they have devices that are like digital wall art or a concierge food delivery or food analyzing machines to tell you what you're, what you're eating or robots. Wait, 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 wait. We'll get to the robots in a second. <laughs> I need a machine to analyze what I'm eating? This is you can count calories and exactly what is in everything that you're eating all the time in 15 seconds in a machine that's in your kitchen. I don't want to do that. Well, I don't want to know how many calories are in the, the terrible food that I'm eating. They told me you're not their target customer. Okay, that's good. Specifically. Uh, and, you know, you've got robots that can dry clean your clothes and, and fold your suits. So it's, it's again, uh, all about the experience of what consumers want to do. Price points on these are very high right now. I would think so. But it's early adopters, and we're going to see more and more of this in the next couple of years. Are you surprised that Panasonic is the one behind this? Not from the standpoint of just the product side. I mean, this, the, the, but they are very much sort of consumer electronics brand. This is really ambitious for a company like this to go to. Uh, if you tell me Panasonic is building stuff for the home, that makes sense to me. When you tell me that what they're trying to do is robots that are going to fold my dry cleaning, that, that really seems like a stretch. They have a new team. It's called the Catapult team that's working specifically on this opportunity. And um, my favorite, I didn't even mention yet to you, Chris, a smart sake cooling machine. Wait a minute. Like the drink sake? Correct. Aren't you supposed to drink that warm? Well, this is a smart machine that will analyze even more about the sake that you're drinking and what the temperature <laughs> it's being served at. It's amazing. Again, the smart home is more than just devices. We always think about it kind of internet of things. Okay, what's the neat gizmo and gadget that I'm going to connect? They're taking a more overall perspective, uh, which I think could be interesting to see what people are actually buying. So something you and I have talked about before is when you look at driverless cars and sort of the race for companies to develop driverless cars, smarter cars, all of that. We have, over the last five years or so, seen two basic approaches. One is the go-it-alone approach. The other is we're going to try and team up with as many different companies as we can, and we're going to get this done together, but we're going to be the leader in this. Uh, are we seeing that play out in the smart home as well? Because Panasonic, 
not necessarily the the first company I think of when I think about the smart home, um, but do you expect to see, for, you know, and where I'm going with this is investors trying to benefit from the rise in the smart home. There's, there's no doubt in my mind that this is going to be a really big industry, uh, but I'm just curious if we're going to see the same sort of thing play out uh, in the smart home that we've seen play out with driverless cars. I think that the value is in the ecosystem. Just like Apple has hooked people into a consumer electronic devices, the electronic devices that are in the smart home is going to be all about energy efficiency and the experience that, are, that is trying to be created. So I would think that you do want to have a, a company, whether it's Panasonic, whether it's Google Nest, whether it's Amazon Alexa, controlling that whole experience so that they can can offer you the the best lower power, power bill and the best overall experience. We just visited a smart home out in, in Virginia not too long ago, completely powered by Alexa. Every device in there, you could tell, you know, or, sorry, the Amazon Echo, you say Alexa, and it will adjust your thermostat. It'll turn on the lighting. It'll play um, music. But it's, it's that whole experience rather than just the device, which is where the real value is. Uh, before we move on, just one question about Google, because it really seemed like for a couple of years there, we heard a lot of stuff about the Nest, and that was their entry into the smart home. To what degree has that been backburnered by Alphabet? Because I, I don't really hear anything about that. I hear a lot about Google Home and sort of their their foray into the Home Assistant in the way that Amazon has the Echo, Google's got the Google Home device. That really seems like that's where they're placing their bets now. I would think that would be an accurate statement. I think that they are, they are testing a lot of ways to get into this consumer home market, one through the Google Assistant, one through the, the Nest thermostat. Um, they're constantly prioritizing projects, and there's going to be projects that will be higher up on the list, but they haven't forgotten about the opportunity. All right, like I said, it's early in the week for South by Southwest. What, what are things that you've got on your schedule that you're looking forward to seeing, people that you might be interested in hearing from, or just sessions you're interested in checking out? Holy cow. Okay, how many, how many lists, how many on those lists are you limiting me to? <laughs> I mean, how that, many things would you like me to that, do? That, I will say that is one of the things uh, that is sort of the blessing and the curse of South by Southwest. There are so many programs, there are so many great sessions. And I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not attempting to go to as many things as you are. And even when I look at my schedule, I'm seeing sort of competing sessions in two separate buildings. And I just, at the end of the day, you got to choose. Uh, we will be very, very busy here for the next several days at South by Southwest. Just to rapid fire off a few that are, are very interesting to me. Thad Starner from Georgia Tech is working on a, a project for wearable devices for service animals, where they can actually communicate information back for search and rescue missions and other things. I think that's going to be very interesting. We're going to have a, an interview with him this afternoon. The future of healthcare is very interesting to me right now, where you're using cognitive computing and artificial intelligence for a new wave of personalized medicine, which means each patient is different, is going to react differently to different drugs and have different outcomes based on the way that you're, you're prescribing the treatments for them. Um, you've seen IBM team up with Illumina earlier this year, and this is going to be the next evolution of this industry, which I think is very interesting. Um, uh, the impact of Moore's Law is going to be another session that I'll be attending later this year. We've just got so much more computing power now, which is opening so much more cool stuff. And then other things that are going to be fun, too. I mean, the role of robots in the, in the future of the workplace. And then even virtual reality in Hollywood is going to be an interesting session. So we got plenty of cool stuff going on, Chris. What is, when we talk about disruption, and you and I were talking before we started taping, and there, we've certainly seen examples over the last few years 
and maybe the the best most illustrative example recently is uh, the combination of Uber and Airbnb and the way that those two companies have disrupted the ca- the taxi cab industry and the hotel industry. Are there is there an industry or even a subset of an industry that you look at and you think, boy, that is ripe for disruption. Someone is going to go in there at some point. And, and really change the game. Uh, yes. In fact, the two that you mentioned with Airbnb and Uber are both very, very prone to disruption right now. That's what I would call the sharing economy, which is really just developing. The whole concept of disruption in the first place, to take a step back, is to say that basically changes in technology happen evolutionary rather than, I'm sorry, they happen revolutionary rather than evolutionary. There's a big step change that changes everything and all of a sudden the traditional industry and its typical competitors are under attack and they say, okay, how do we handle something like an Uber? that's doing ride sharing now? How do you handle something like an Airbnb? I mean, there's multi-billions of dollars in these established industries of hotels or taxi cabs or limousines. And all of a sudden now you see a wave of all of the traditional companies trying to catch up and and be in in second place in this race for what it is. To answer your question, one other thing that I think is is being disrupted right now is the banking industry. There's a ton of regulation and paperwork that goes into small business loans. I was actually talking just this morning to a gentleman that's that's looking to get a small business loan. He's just saying it's taking him months to go through all of the hoops just to get a loan. And for the banks, you know, this is not a really profitable loan for small businesses a lot of the time, too. So you're starting to see peer-to-peer lending. You're starting to see these platforms rise up where individual investors who want to perhaps participate in a certain business or industry, can start funding those businesses. Of course, you've seen Kickstarter and other kind of platforms like that, too. So I think that's going to be another very interesting, disrupted industry. It's, it's just banking, as we know. Is there anything, because you, you've, you've been to this event a, a couple of times, and I know you've been out to Las Vegas for the Consumer Electronics Show a couple of times. Is there anything you've seen over the past few years that kind of fizzled, where there was like a lot of buzz and excitement and as investors, we look at those industries sort of rising up and thinking, oh, gosh, there's, there's definitely going to be some winners there. Hopefully some of these companies go public and, and we can be the opportunity, you know, we will have the opportunity to be part owners of these businesses. And then they just kind of fizzle out. Well, I think that's a very good point, Chris, is that growth investing needs to respect the hype cycle, which is technology and its adoption doesn't necessarily follow the media headlines. Um, you can you can hear about something a lot, and it seems like it's a really fast-growing, interesting industry, and then it just still takes a long time to actually figure out how you how you bring value out of this, how you capturing profits for your shareholders, which equates generally to a rising stock price and then the the creation of value. Um, one example a couple of years ago we th- we saw was 3D printing. 3D printing was all over the media. This was the biggest thing that was going on. It was going to just change every industry out there. But I think that still we're in that kind of still growing phase. It's going through growing pains of figuring out, okay, where are we really going to be using this outside of prototyping and small, smaller jobs? Um, I think to some extent we're seeing that in virtual reality today. Um, we, we do have the Oculus. We do have a couple other headsets that are out there, and we've seen companies like Magically kind of developing what this is going to look like. But I think it's getting a lot more attention than there actually is applications yet. So we're going to see this develop in, in several more years, but we're not just there just yet. All right. Uh, before we move on, got to say thanks to our friends at Away. 
they're sponsoring South by Southwest uh, week for us here at Market Foolery. Uh, Away makes affordable, high-quality suitcases that charge your phone and start at just $225. Uh, by cutting out the middleman, Away is able to offer the perfect luggage made with high-quality materials at a much lower price. Um, two USB ports and a high-capacity battery that allow you to charge multiple devices. Have you checked this out? Yes. In fact, more than just high-capacity battery, high-capacity suitcase. Yes. I mean, I was able to pack a week in, in a carry-on luggage yeah. bag. We, uh, we, the folks at Away um, gave us a couple of bags to sort of test out. And uh, I was telling you before we started taping, I, I had a layover in Dallas for a couple of hours, and it was fantastic. I went to a bar. There were, there were no plugs at the bar, but I had my suitcase with me. I was able to charge my phone. It was fantastic. Uh, the bags come with a lifetime warranty. If anything breaks away, we'll fix it and replace it for life. And they've got a risk-free 100-day trial period. So if at any point you decide it's not for you, you just return it for a full refund. No questions asked. Free shipping anywhere in the continental United States. And for our dozens of listeners, Away has a special offer. You get $20 off when you go to awaytravel.com slash fool and use the promo code fool at checkout. That's awaytravel.com slash fool and use the promo code FOOL. Um, I mentioned at the top, this is a bit of a welcome home for you uh, for all the years that you spent here in Austin, Texas. Uh, we're going to be having our Motley Fool listener meetup uh, Monday at Guero's Taco Bar, 1412 South Congress Avenue. That's Monday, 5 to 7. Guero's, uh, you were the one who recommended Guero's. Uh, and we went there last year. It was fantastic and very much looking forward to going back. And a fantastic margarita. I might yes. Add too. Yes. It's not just the tacos. Um, l let's remove alcohol just for a moment. I, I know for a long time, listeners, that's hard to imagine. But um, uh, there are a lot of reasons to come to Austin, Texas. I mean, we're here for South by Southwest. We're, we're really excited to be here. But there, this is a great city. The music scene is amazing. For anyone who is thinking about coming to Austin, what is one or two things that they should consider doing while they're here? Now, Chris, you know I could take this in a zillion different directions. Oh, yeah. No, Being I that I love Austin so much, I have customized you this know, list for, for you. I appreciate that because we, they're, they're, the South by Southwest podcast stage, uh, they've got other podcasts. So we're, they're going to kick us off at some point. Right. So, yeah. Try and keep this tight. Okay, so so if you associate like Chris Hill, this is a, a peek into Chris's. Uh, oh wow, this, this is for me. daily routine in Austin that I would recommend for you, Chris. Okay, I know you're a big runner, and there are some beautiful running trails down on Town Lake, just just south of Cesar Chavez. I would recommend that for anyone to get up early in the morning, go on a nice jog. It's very beautiful out there. I actually did that yesterday morning. It's like I read your mind. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's 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 a great. We've been doing too many of these podcasts. <laughs> um, after that, during the the middle of the day, Chris, I know you're a big coffee fan. I would recommend Mozart's Coffee on Lake Austin. Fantastic view out there, also fantastic coffee. And then later in the evening, if you get down a chance to go into South Austin, uh, we actually went to a new place. We we went to Slowpoke's Barbecue last night just for a local taste, and it was fantastic. Um, slow cooked barbecue or. Um, or a Mexican martini from Trudy's is also very good, too. So uh, some places you can only get in Austin, Texas. A customized list just for me. Thank you. I appreciate that. Absolutely. All right, Simon Erickson, thanks for being here. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Fool. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. There's too much noise on 6th Street. Like a brick in a washing machine And the alleys look like bed sheets Wrinkled in the morning haze of gray routine 
Shoulders like a feathered Gothic choir. Even in the depths of winter, those frigid splinters can't withstand the warmth we hold. The warpath to destruction is paved with good intentions, but not all good is gold. So knock my cards to the station floor and watch me eye the closest door. You've earned a place in memory, the price you paid for cruelty. Today. 